everybody, I'm Jeff, and this is Casual Chats in a Parallel Universe. My dad and I have been having daily conversations about family, history, life lessons, movies, news, music, and more. Now we are sharing these chats with you. So welcome to our podcast, and we hope you enjoy. Check the mic. One, two. One, two. We're back. Mm. We're back in. Well, there's been lots happening on the world front. Oh, yeah. We're going on the world front. We're doing current events. How can you... Ignore? How can you ignore that? It's uh, it is pretty pretty, uh, pretty significant, pretty wild. I, yeah, sure. I'd love to hear your takes on mm. on what's happening. I, I I mean, I watch a lot. You know, I'm big big on TikTok. Love watching the 15 second clips. There's oh, yeah. a lot of I hear from both parties going on from the Republican side. I hear you know their blame on for the Democrats as to why mm. this is happening. Mm. And then vice versa, you know, that this is, it's always, and it always boils down to two people, right? It's either Trump's fault or it's Biden's oh. fault. So oh, it's, it's amazing is what, is what how, I, is you're, how that person is able to uh, tighten in their focus on one person. Either of those people. I find that uh, to be quite interesting. But I'd love to hear, you know, more of an unfiltered, Hmm. What is the what is the Steve Kogler take on on well, what's I take going a, on? I take right a right much more historical sure perspective. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking this morning. My investment advisor is a uh, young young man. That's um, I mean, he's American, uh, naturalized American. Uh, came here from Iran. Oh wow! Uh, with his you know, mother and father. And uh, so he has an interesting, you know, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have a, a perspective. Well, he does have a perspective. He was asking me for my perspective. And I told him that I thought it just snapshot wise, I thought it was a nightmare for both peoples. I agree with that. Absolute nightmare that, I think there's a, been a complete lack of leadership on the Israeli side, and I think there's been a complete lack of leadership on the Palestinian side. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been that way, you know, ever since I can remember. Uh, I mean, Israel, the two of us being Jewish. Yes. Uh, we're going to put that out there for yeah. the audience. Uh, but we're Americans, you know who happen religiously to believe in Judaism. Sure. Whereas from, I maybe from the world standpoint, Jews are always Jews first, and then they're something else second. Right. So, um, and maybe that's potentially true of Muslims. You know, they're Muslims first, and, and then... Where they're from Country is, second. is secondary. Yes, or women. So uh, I think it's, you know, when you look back historically, you know, how, how did Israel actually, you know, come about legally? It was created by the, by the United Nations, effectively. Unfortunately, even though a two-state solution was offered initially, 
because there was supposed to be a, Israel was supposed to be split into two parts. One was for the Palestinians and one was for the Jews. Right. Uh, Palestinians were not interested in that at the time. So, unfortunately. Well, not really just the Palestinians, but the Arab nations as a whole didn't yeah, but, feel that that I mean, was it's rightfully, still, rightfully. But the done. only people, but you still come down, the only people that really have a right to say something is those people. Right. Uh, is in, in any event, that's my that's my view. I was listening yesterday to a couple of news reporters that were trying to give a thumbnail sketch of the history, you know, and it's you know it's impossible when you're talking about something on which at most might be five minutes, you know, or even ten minutes. Right. It's it's impossible to give any true color, you know, whenever you're condensing something, you're always losing something. Sure. And I think only there's few people that can truly give a, you know, a condensed view, uh, certainly in five to 10 minutes. But uh, it just, it's, it's, it's so saddening. You know, it's so sad. And everybody, you know, on this side of the, of the Atlantic has got their views, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, these people, the people that are involved are going to make the decisions that are going with, of course, with pressure uh, from their allies and their enemies, uh, they'll make a, a decision. And, and evidently the decision's been made by the Israelis to uh, maybe level Gaza, or at least much of it. Um, and I think that's a, that's a losing proposition. I just do. Well, when is war a winning proposition? Well, I mean, there have been wars that, you know, the wars have been won. There have been victors. I would, I would put that, yeah, in quotes. But I, is it a win? I have no idea. I mean, I think any, any time that you're decimating human life hmm. at a grand scale, there's no true victor. You know, I mean, maybe you accomplish a specific goal of, you know, obviously, you know, you look at World War II and there was, you know, an imminent threat Mm -hmm. going on. And so, you know, you want to dispatch that threat. But there were plenty of people in in the middle that were killed, you know. Oh, yeah. And and so. Lots of civilians were killed. Yeah. Certainly. And so that's always, you know, people uh, always the way, yeah. always what I mean, I was, just, I was, I just uh, started rewatching Saving Private Ryan and, you know, the whole D-Day where, when mm. they, you know, stormed the beaches and yeah. all the life, you know, the loss of life and, and to what, you know, what for, mm. for what, you know, for power. Well, it was a, you know, the, the Western powers were deemed it an existential Deemed Hitler and and Japan as existential threats. Uh, I think you know, the Nazis were an ex- existential threat. I don't know that the Japanese had worldwide ambitions, right? Yeah, um, but I think the Nazis absolutely did. So 
I think you're fighting, you know, quite literally for your life. Right. But in this particular case, I mean, the combatants, certainly, maybe they feel like they're fighting for their respective lives. But I just, you know, I understand. I mean, I, I feel for these, for the Israelis that were killed and their families. And it's, it's an absolute horror show. And these people, these Palestinian, not not Palestinians necessarily, the the Hamas fighters intended to kill civilians. I mean, oh, yeah. that's they. This wasn't an accident. This was their goal. So they are truly terrorists. Um, but on the flip side, you know, what is an appropriate response? I don't. It's I. Is it to kill hundred thousand people? You know, whether no. they're involved or not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I just. I don't, I don't know how that that calculus is made, but it's not up to me. Um, but no, yeah, just just our show. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty terrible. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts around the idea that this is a smaller part in a larger movement? I guess you could say, you know, that this is yeah. that Russia had their hands oh, in it sure. with and and you know. Provoking, helping Iran and Iran helping Hamas, and yeah. and, and all all to kind of no, turn I mean, eyes away from what's going on in Ukraine. Um, yeah, and, I think, and all that, and uh, yeah, I think that's conspiracy. My me personally, I think that's conspiracy theory. Right? Uh, do I think you know Iran had somewhat some kind of a hand in it? They fund Hamas, so clearly they had a hand in it. Sure. Uh, whether or not they they gave the go ahead, I don't I don't have any idea. Right, and nobody, none of the so called smarter people say they can definitively say that Iran had a had a hand in this. So I don't know, but it, you know when you're you're funding you're funding a terrorist organization, and clearly, so you know that they're going to. To all kinds of interesting and horrible things, right? So, are you complicit? I guess sure they're they're complicit, um, but I, the the most rational explanation I've heard is that uh, the Iranians felt that Saudi Arabia and some other of the Arab countries mm-hmm. were very close to cutting a treaty deal right. the with Abraham, Israel. Abraham Accords, right? No, no. The Abraham Accords were already signed. But I thought this, that, this is an addition. Oh, well, I thought Saudi had not signed. The, no, I they had They were, they but this were is going not, to be part of The Abraham Accords are, are a set of accords that's been signed. That's a deal. I got you. These negotiations were, even though they might have been talked about in, in the nature of the Abraham Accords. Okay. It's... Any treaty that would have been signed would have been separate. Gotcha. This would have been strictly a deal cut between the Israelis and the Saudis Saudis, with the U.S. making some commitments, uh, both material in the form of assets, you know, like military assets and other and money or maybe not money, but military assets and and commitments uh, safety for safety, and then on the flip side, there would be 
you know, agreements that neither one of the parties would attack the other party. Right. Uh, and that there would be, I guess, some kind of normalization of relationship. But uh, so Iran definitely didn't want that. And uh, so maybe they did call for this. I don't know. But uh, bad situation. Yeah. If that's the case, it's a horrible. Then Iran becomes a, a truly horrible actor knowing that this is going to result in the deaths of tens of thousands of people and only caring because it's in their best interest right. to create this nightmare. Uh, the unfortunate part is nobody knows where this is going because you can't control this. Kind of, once, once you light the fuse, you have no earthly idea what's going to happen. Right. So it's, uh, it's scary. It is a scary situation. Do you have any thoughts on... Where it's going? Yeah. On on no. Where you, what? I'm I'm watching. You know, I I have various and sundry, you know, sources that I watch. I even watch a a channel uh, of a guy who's a munitions expert, and uh, what he does is he watches the news, and he sees the graphic stuff that's put up. Sure. And then he critiques it, and he says, "This is." Crap. He caught, he he has a term for it. I forget is a an acronym, but effectively it's he, he as an example he showed a an Israeli ambulance, or not an ambulance, but a um, a van that had been blown up. Or it, it looked like it might have been. It was it certainly damaged. Right. And they were claiming this had been bombed. And it was, on second thought, it wasn't an Israeli. I think it was a Palestinian, you know, like a, a van that belonged to a hospital or something like that. The press was claiming that it was bombed by the Israelis. And he said that wasn't possible because you look at the the evidence. And he said, clearly this, this uh, something fell on this van and they simply took the van and moved it somewhere and then started taking pictures of it. Right. And claiming that it had been bombed. So that's so I watch stuff like that to try to glean what's actually happening. And uh, a lot, it turned out some of the initial images of uh, collapsing buildings uh, were not current images. These were images that were shot four years ago and during a different... But the press played those images because... That's all they had. That's all. Well, I guess that's all they had. But is, is that accurate? Should they have? Shouldn't they have said, "Well, we're trying to trying to give you an idea of what's happening, but we don't have any pictures of what's happening." Right. So we're showing we're showing you what happened four years ago. So there's a lot of that going on. And I mean, I guess it. You know, I, uh, uh, this is an interesting kind of tangent or, or sidebar, but I guess it depends on what you consider quote press. You know, that I feel like. A lot of different, you know, I mean, obviously you have, you have, you know, newspapers and, 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 but they're all owned under one big conglomerate sometimes, but you know, what, what, what is considered press, like where you or media, like, you know, I feel like a lot of people fall under that umbrella while you have some, some, uh, institutions that are trying to stay as mm. factual as possible. True. 
and and are checking their sources as best they can. Um, and then you have plenty of other outlets that are that are specifically pumping propaganda or or misinformation yep. into the system to to drown, you know, to for a specific message. So, you know, it's especially in a case like this, where obviously, you know, in our country now everything is being politicized and you have you have something yeah. like this to to really try and, you know, sever, you know, draw a hard line in the sand right. and be like, well, you need to either be on this side or the other. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I uh, mean, it's it's the point of which side of the political spectrum does the does the press outlet lie on? Are they right of center or are they left of center? Um, or and, are they just center? You know, can you find anybody be. that's could that's be. giving was, a th- true? Somebody put up a. Uh, there's some service called I think it's called Ground, uh-huh. and uh, supposedly that offers you a graphic presentation of the various websites and uh, news outlets and then categorizes them as to where they lean. Right. You know, left, right, center. So you can see, you know, if if I'm going to listen to this, then I ought to listen to that. Right. And then, you know, maybe listen to a couple of center outlets. Maybe I'll get a reasonable deal on what is actually going on. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's early days. and I heard this morning that uh, they said that uh, there's been an announcement that 1.1 million Gazans are being told, or Palestinians are being told to move out of where they're at and right. get as far away as they can because the Israelis are about to level the whole area. So, and that means, you know, people's homes. God only knows what's going to happen. Just terrible. I mean, I mean, from one thing that I understand, the Palestinians that are living in Gaza, that at one point, Gaza is, it is part of Israel or it's not. Oh. It's not. But it was at one point and well, then it was separated out later. Yeah. Is that well, correct? Well, my understanding is, is there were, is Gaza was carved out originally, as was the West Bank, what, what is commonly called the West Bank technically was supposed Gaza and the West Bank were supposed to be the areas for the Palestinians. Right. But but sorry to interrupt. But yeah. before but before or when those were carved out, before they were carved out, or maybe or maybe it was later and once the West Bank was taken back by the Israelis that they that they had offered the Palestinians to stay. That there was become part of the Israeli state and not you know, that you're welcome to stay, that we aren't we aren't trying to run you off of this land, that we're just trying to keep it as as and maybe it wasn't as peaceful as that. Maybe it maybe, you know, it was like either you can stay and do this or you need to get, you know, the fuck out of here. Well, I think after this, after the nine, my my recollection is after the 1967 war, that's when the Israelis occupied the West Bank. And when they occupy it, doesn't mean that they took it, right. but they were occupying it, which meant that the Palestinians that lived there were effectively under the control of the Israelis. But the land technically still belonged, if not to the Palestinians, my I think my 
Um, I could be totally wrong, but I think what happened was is, is the West Bank was under the control of Jordan. Even though the Palestinians were there, Jordan effectively controlled everything. And then when Israel took control of the West Bank uh, and they occupied it, Jordan no longer was in control. So then whatever happened was the occupiers, Israel, uh, set up rules for that particular area and for the people that live there. Now, whether or not they offered them citizenship right. in Israel, uh, I think they, I think that might have been offered. And, and there are uh, quite a number of, of Palestinians that are citizens of, uh, of Israel and have voting rights in Israel. But I think the vast they even participate in in their, in the, in their, their government. Well, in the government, they're yeah. part of their army. Uh, I don't know about the army, but that that I'm not familiar with. But I do know that there the, there are rep- there are Palestinian representatives in the Knesset in the, in the uh, the government of Israel that represent the Palestinian interests. But the the West Bank. What began to exacerbate things is these so-called illegal settlements that the Israelis created within the West Bank. And that's these, they look almost like suburban developments that you would see here in the, in the U.S. where, you know, it was, it, there are houses and apartments that are built and they create these towns and effectively have created these towns all over the West Bank. And so that land, I'm not sure legally what's happened with that land. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it in, in more like a lawyer would look at it, who actually owns the land. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. I've never really looked into that. But clearly the Palestinians feel like, you know, these people have, have taken the land that was allocated to the Palestinians right. by the UN. And I guess, you know, the Israelis take the point, take the position, well, you know, you don't want us, you, you, you're saying we don't have the right to exist. <laughs> so we'll just do whatever we feel like doing. Right. You know, that's, um, so not to say the the description of what I'm giving is accurate, is is 100% accurate, but it's kind of my understanding. Viewpoint, yeah. Yeah. No, no, not a viewpoint, but my my understanding anyway. It's uh so it's it's a, it's an incredibly complicated modern situation colored by the religious history that exists between the Muslims and the Jews, you know, going all the way back to Abraham. So you end up with, you know, this this the uh, what was it? Ishmael was uh, Abraham's or Abraham's first son was Ishmael, who is is the fountain of all of the the Muslims. And uh, then you have on Sarah's children, Abraham's children through Sarah, uh, that are the basis for the Jews. And uh, there's even though supposedly there was decent feeling. At the time that the that these children were born, uh, there's a lot of hatred there as well. 
So, and that hatred's been going on for thousands of years. So when you have thousands of years worth of hate, <laughs> it's uh, hard for rationality to step in and and talk. Have you ever seen any of these uh, where they've actually had young Israelis and young Palestinians uh, that they've been invited to talk, you know, just between themselves? Right. I mean, there's a, there's kind of a moderator, but. And when you when you say young, I mean, what do you? What oh, do you I'm mean? I'm saying these would be like teenagers, 18, 18 say to twenty five, maybe. Okay. And uh, you get some that are more rational than others, but you can tell. I mean, there's there's a tremendous amount of hatred there, and and it's hard when when somebody hates somebody, even though they're supposedly talking. You, you, I don't know how much listening actually goes on. Sure. And and listening to the other side's statements, but the Jews always go, or the Israelis always go back to the fact that the Arabs say, or or there are many Arabs that say that Israel doesn't have the right to exist. I'm not sure how many you know Arabs would say that. Probably the vast majority of the worldwide. Uh, Arabs maybe wouldn't take that position, but a large number probably would. And on the flip side, you know, the Israelis are saying, well, if you want us to die, I mean, you look at some of the uh, the news that I saw yesterday where um, groups of Palestinians in the United States that were in meeting places we're saying gas the Jews, gas the Jews, gas the Jews. And, you know, on the flip side, you've got other, you know, Israelis or not Israelis, Americans that are, you know, saying horrible things, you know, about the Palestinians. Right. So it's, it's, uh, it's easy for people to take sides, you know, depending on for whatever reason, because they know somebody who's Muslim or they know somebody that's a Palestinian or they know somebody who's Jewish or somebody who lives in Israel. So it's uh it's just bad, bad stuff. No uh no solutions. And I think the United States taking Israel's side uh is definitely going to exacerbate things too. But I I mean, I understand the reason for it, there are the reasons, but I don't know. No, I mean when this for when it, you know, when it all started and I mean, even recently, uh, we actually got a letter, a note from Max's school that, you know, they wanted to be sensitive to the fact that we're Jewish and that this is going on. And, you know, if there's anything that they can do or anything, you know, if, you know, anything's going on with Max at school. I mean, obviously, there's been talk of, you know, a lot, I mean, you're talking about hate. You yeah. Know, so reprisals. Uh, right. And, and and I mean, it's to the point that, you know, people are, I guess there was what some call today yeah. for jihad, the, mm -hmm. the, you right. know, and so the, you know, security's up all over the place. Everybody, sure. everybody's on some sort of alert. I don't know if you want to call it high alert, but, sure. you know, people are sensitive to what's happening. Uh, Were you concerned? No. About I, Max's safety? No, 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 nothing, nothing like that. Um, just, uh. Such such a oh, crap. 
I totally spaced what I was saying. That's all right. Um, Happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm much older than you That's are. True. <laughs> uh, I mean, so we we had to talk to Max about it. You know, we had to, we had to talk to him about what's oh, going on. Yeah. Um, and and try to explain to him. You know, and did he have any con- any concept of? He didn't even know anything was happening. He didn't even really know oh. that there was any real conflict. So he's he's going not, on. Is so. he's not a consumer of uh, of news, uh, TikTok or otherwise. I mean, I think he he hears some stuff here and there, but you know, he's more concept. He's you know lost in his own world. I mean, I feel like most kids, unless you're fourteen years old, yeah. unless, unless you're preaching to them you know about what's going on that they you know kind of yeah that they got other interests you know and it isn't about something like this but you know it's funny we were talking uh talking about the difference in the way families communicate and uh when i was a kid a lot of discussion would happen you know around the dinner table right and uh you know you'd sit down and you know, my father would, or my my mom and my dad would would talk about something that was happening. You know, current events, and you know, you'd be as as a kid, you're you're taking it in. So, I mean, at, at fourteen, I wouldn't say I was a deep thinker at all. So I don't think, you know, I might be more like Max. I might be, you know, my parents. Let's say at fourteen, that would have been what nineteen fifty eight. So right at the height. Of the Red Scare, you right. know, communism, uh, atom bombs, diving, uh, they call it duck, duck and cover. Right. You know, we're going to need to, if the, uh, if the civil defense air raid sirens come on, you got to get underneath the table because an atom bomb's going to go off. Right. And the table definitely protects you from I an don't, atom bomb. I, I don't on. think I had much of a moment of thought about that. I just, uh, I, it just didn't strike me. The, uh, the I think the first thing that first time that it struck me was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. I was in college at the time, and uh, I was in ROTC, Reserve Officer Training. Sure. Yeah, I was in ROTC, and there was I mean we were absolutely thinking about leaving school. And and volunteering, right? Uh, because this was, you know, th- this was an existential threat. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was like I, that's what it probably is close to nuclear war as I think it was we we've it, ever been. It was dicey. Yeah. If you if you want to, uh, there was a great movie or TV show with uh, Kevin uh, guy that's in Yellowstone, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner. That outline. I think it's called Thirteen Days. Oh yeah, it outlines and does a pretty darn good job. It's pretty accurate of what happened, and uh, it it can it gives you a real sense of how close. I mean, people were nobody knew what was going to happen because they were they were talking about uh, invading Cuba, and that would that it might have been it could have touched off World War Three. Right. I mean, an atomic war. But I think that was the first time. So I was, you know, what, 19, 18, 19 years. 
you know, whatever I was. Bad times. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting because Max and I have, we, we did talk about, at one point we were talking, because he had said something about another world war or something like that. And, you know, I asked him, you know, what he, what, what, what do you think that looks like? What do you think another world war would look like? You know, because I, I feel like most people have their own idea of what, you know, and most of it's built from the past wars. You know, this mm-hmm. is what war looks like. And, and his, his kind of fell in line with that, that, you know, it's battlefield type stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and I said, I, I don't believe that's where it would be fought. I mean, I, I, I said to some, some extent, I feel like we're in the middle of a world war now, but it's not, it's being fought in a very different way than something that's on a battlefield, that it's more of a technological war. Yeah. And that it's a, a war of information. And that's, to some extent, we're in the middle of that right now. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I just think that the, the world war of the past, will, it, it'll, it won't be something like you, that anybody's going to expect it to be. It's, we're, we're beyond that now. And I think for the most part, as much as the posturing goes over nuclear war, and are people going to use, you know, nuclear weapons? I mean, unless you really have someone that's willing to just burn it all down. And by burn it all down, I mean in the human race entirely, mm-hmm. which I think most, even the men in power that are, you know, crazy enough, still don't want to die. They want to be able to rule over something. So, you know, if you touch yeah. off, you know, a, a monster nuclear war, there's, there's nothing left. Right. So, you know, th- I feel like that idea is, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's just a, just a you can, posturing you, method of saying, yeah. Hey, well, I'll, I'll, you know, fire. Okay. You know, there's no win, you know, as, as we learned from war games and Matthew Broderick back in the day, <laughs> you know, the yeah, all, right. It, it, why play the game? Why play the game? Right. Yeah. Except for somebody like Kim Jong-un. Oh, yeah. I mean, it may, but I don't know. I mean, I still he, think he enjoys having the power to rule. And so yeah. without anything to rule over, you know, well, there's there's nothing left. You know? I think if, if he started something, there would definitely not be anything left of North Korea. That's for sure. Yeah. Including him. Right. So- but but so as I see it, I see a much different type of war, you know, and I am not like to go like super conspiracy or off the rails where it's like the Terminator kind of thing where robots take over. But yeah. I do see it that it's more of a, you know, something that's, uh, you know, it's a battle of information yeah. and and how the world will be controlled by you know, the most powerful people and the most powerful people will be, are in charge of that mm. and how that information is, you know, disse- disseminated over, you know, the rest of the population. That's, that's my view. That's. I think that's, uh, that's quite interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way, but we, yeah, we're, we're certainly in an information war that's, and then trying to determine What's accurate, what's not, is uh, 
it requires some thought. And you really question how many people actually are thinking. You know, I think there's so many people in this country that have just picked a side, so to speak, and they only listen to one side. They don't want to hear from anybody on the other side. So, well, go, going back to your point between the the Arabs and and the Jews and and thousands of years of hate, and so if you can draw a line and put people on one side or the other of the line, so hmm. that they just hate each other, right? Which has, you know, to some extent, you know, you have the extremes that are that way at this point, and so you know. Well, humans are good at doing that. I mean, their tribalism is, that's, that's a human deal. You know, it's us against them. Right. You know, even, I mean, you look back, in the, the, even going back to the Indians and before the Europeans came to, this, the, US, to, to, the, to America, uh, I mean, only, only the indigenous peoples were here. But they're, they were tribal. And they were warring on each other. Right. And they one hated the other. And, you know, it's, it's just a microcosm of the same thing. It's just the way human beings and their, their minds work. You know, anything that is, doesn't look like you, you know, you're afraid of. You're a threat. Yeah, you're a threat. And it's if they don't look like you, then you have to be wary. And especially if they don't think like you, if they don't pray to the same God. Right. You know, if you're, you just add up the differences. Well, they don't look like you. They don't believe in the same God. They live somewhere else. They don't live near where I do. Those are all bad things. So you're immediately a threat. And, you know, it takes diplomacy and, you know, statesmanship, leadership of people at the top to recognize that we should be able to live together. There's plenty of land. Right. You know, we can we can live together. But that just wasn't in the cards. Never is. Just human beings are I just have this horrible feeling human beings are just hell bent on eliminating each other for who knows what. But uh it's I don't know. I'm hopeful, but I don't know that the hope is based on logic. Right. It's just hoping. I mean, you hope people. Yeah. I. Uh, you know. Yeah. I. I look at. You know, my kids and and them growing up, and you know them. You know, having a world and what kind of world it's going to be for them. Yeah. And I and I feel like my daughter, who's eight you know, 18 is kind of is growing up in a similar uh, world that I grew up in, you know, in the early, in the early nineties where, where there was a lot of, you know, political discourse going on. And, uh, you know, you just, you know, it was, it, it, there, there's just a lot of parallels and as there always is, is because history kind of repeats itself, but there's changes to it. And so, you know, I'm hopeful that, Obviously, as we made it through and and the pendulum swings that yeah. it, it will continue to do so. And that while now it seems dire and crazy that hopefully in another, you know, 10, 20 years, the pendulum will start to swing back 
in the other direction. And you well, know. you just hope. I think the only thing you can hope for is I think the same same thing. Hopefully, every parent hopes for, and that's that their kids at least participate. You know, I always liken life to a train. You know, or plane, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, you got the pilots up in the front or the trainmen up in the front of the cab driving. Uh, and you can either be a passenger, you just sit there and go along for the ride, or you have some involvement, you know, with at least, you know, picking a ticket, you know, picking a, a, a destination, destination right. uh, that is, you know, that's been thought out and uh, you plan, you know, you plan your stops and where you're going and how you're going to get there. And so hopefully people or the kids grow up to be participants. And uh, if they do, then that's, that's great. You know, they're in, they're involved in the process that they're going to be listening to what's going on, you know, making logical, thoughtful conclusions. And then what are they going to do about it? So that's, so what would your, your advice be to, to that, Sarah? that generation, even or even Max, you know, to a to a younger, you know, generation that's coming up right now that doesn't necessarily know all the facts. Right. So they're they're in the middle of this information war right now. Uh, but they're also, I mean, as far as I can tell, for the most part, at least, and I'm living in a very small bubble here, but uh, that that you know the. Kids that are, you know, Sarah's age or, you know, maybe a year or two on either side of that spectrum are, are not okay with this. They're not okay with the way the world is right now. And they don't, you know, all these power grabs that are going on. Right. Like they, they would, they would move towards change, would, would create a movement towards, you know. Right. I would, my, if I, if I was going to give advice, I would, you know, the one thing it's it's extremely important that you have a complete understanding of the history, you know, of how did this happen? You just can't listen to somebody say this is Trump did this or or Biden did this. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. You well, know, first you, of all, those are two two people on the face of the earth, exactly. of which there's billions of people. Well, not only billions of people. But, I mean, you, you're saying the U.S., these are people that have the view, well, the U.S. is the most powerful country in the world, so therefore they're really running everything. So we can simply take a position and everybody else is just going to do whatever we say, which is ludicrous. But I think irrespective of that, understanding the conflict between these people and then these two, these two peoples— and, you know, being logical in your thinking and, and come to a conclusion about what you think of what's going on, whether it's being handled properly from our side, because we can only, you know, make some something happen from our side. And, and then, you know, talk to your friends and get their points of view and have discussions about this so that it's top of mind. It's, it's important. And, uh, and then when you come to a conclusion, try to become involved, you know, be a participant. That's all I think anybody can do. Mm-hmm.